Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer, was found guilty in the murder of George Floyd, as you know, sentenced yesterday in Minneapolis. Professor Jane Kirtley joins us, professor of media ethics and the law at the University of Minnesota. And as uh, Professor Kirtley told us, immediately following the murder of George Floyd, um, she lives just blocks away from where the act took place. Jane, thank you for coming back on the program. And you were watching the sentencing yesterday. What is your view of the 22.5-year sentence and the fact that Chauvin could be paroled in 15 years? And I understand that Judge Peter Cahill exceeded state sentencing guidelines. Is that correct? Um, sort of. Um, and good afternoon, Roy. Um, the the recommendation from the legislature for this kind of uh, crime with a clear record, which is what um, Mr. Chauvin had, would be between 10 and a half and 15 years. So the baseline sentence that Judge Cahill uh, imposed was um, 12 and a half years. So he sort of split the difference between those two. But then... Um, because of aggravating factors, he added uh, a 10-year upward departure. So that's how the 22 and a half years was uh, was arrived at. Of course, this isn't the end uh, in terms of uh, Chauvin's potential um, exposure because uh, the U.S. Justice Department has a suit pending against him, a federal civil rights suit pending against him. Assuming he were to be convicted of that, um, any sentence that was levied on him for that would be in addition to this one, and it would not be concurrent. It would be added on. So whenever he's done, and under Minnesota law, he really can't be paroled early. He goes into um, supervised release. So he's going to be in there um, for, for quite a while um, before, uh, before he is released. As a lawyer, I'll ask you to put on your lawyer's hat, how do you assess how the case was presented and how it was directed by the judge, Peter Cahill? Well, as far as Judge Cahill is concerned, and I mean, I say this as a lawyer, I thought he really did um, a superb job. Um, And I would add that the sentencing um, that he uh, did, I think, was extremely canny because by choosing not to, as he said, simply double um, the, what the guidelines said, which was essentially what the prosecution was asking him to do, he has avoided, I think, a, a very possible um, valid grounds for appeal. Um, he did a really good job as far as that was concerned, but I think he did a great job overall. As you and I discussed before, he allowed cameras in the court gavel to gavel, which is unprecedented here in Minnesota, and, and now our state Supreme Court has issued an order just on Thursday saying, we're going to look at this again and, and, and maybe change um, the very strong presumption against cameras in criminal trials. So if you know if there's anything good coming out of this, I would say it's it's breaking this logjam that we've had here for forever on cameras and criminal proceedings. Um, you know, I, there are a couple of things that the defense uh, queried about what he chose to do. For example, they said that the jury should have been sequestered from the beginning. Uh, that's one example. Um, there was also one juror who it has come out uh, subsequently actually attended a rally in August. It was, it was honoring the um, I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King. 
and uh, I think the defense is trying to make something out of that. But, of course, the the issue there is whether that really would have changed the outcome, and, and I think it's very unlikely that it would have. I thought that uh, Judge Cahill handled the case beautifully. As far as the representation was concerned, I think uh, defense counsel did what the best they could with what they had. They didn't really have much because the reality was that the video, the eyewitness testimony, um, and significantly, I would say, the testimony against Mr. Chauvin by some of his fellow police officers um, really uh, did not leave the outcome, the exact outcome, in much doubt. The, you know, the question was, what would be the final offense of which he, he was found guilty? Um, Second-degree murder. Um, interestingly, we had another case involving uh, a police uh, shooting here that, that you may remember involving uh, an officer by the name of Muhammad Noor. Um, he also was found guilty of second-degree murder and, and was given a 12-and-a-half year sentence, but with no enhancements because there were no aggravating factors as the as the court found. Did the media do a good job, a fair job, an excellent job? What kind of job did the media do in coverage? I, well, I think it kind of depends. I thought that the, the conventional print media did uh, an excellent job. As far as the broadcast and cable media are concerned, um, I, I thought they did fine, uh, given what they had to work with. Remember that we had a single pool camera. Um, there were, uh, uh, you know, uh, observation rooms set up for the media who could not sit in the main courtroom because of the pandemic restrictions. The number of people in the courtroom were very, very limited. Um, there were some issues that I think the media would raise. For example, Judge Cahill would not allow a still photographic camera in the ca- in the courtroom, and so any still photos you saw uh, were basically uh, frozen frames from the video. They were they were not composed photos as a photojournalist would typically like to do. Um, you know, I, I think when you think about it, there probably weren't that many things that the news media could do in covering this because so much of it was simply there uh, right. for you to see with your own eyes. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 